This call is presented for information purposes and is not intended to provide or be a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or prescribing. Never disregard medical advice or delaying in seeking it because of any information provided through this call. Neither Anthony William nor Anthony William Inc. is a medical doctor or other licensed healthcare practitioner and provider. Consult with a licensed healthcare professional before altering or discontinuing any current medication, treatment, or care, or starting any diet, exercise, or supplementation program, or if you suspect you may have a health condition that requires medical attention. The information provided through this call is not guaranteed to be correct, complete, or up-to-date, and should not be considered a promise of benefit, claim of cure, legal warranty, or guarantee of results to be achieved. The information provided does not necessarily reflect the opinions of Anthony William or Anthony William, Inc. Mentioning a product or service during the call is not intended to indicate or imply that Anthony William or Anthony William, Inc. recommends, endorses, supports, sponsors, or is any way affiliated or associated with the product or service. Anthony William, Inc. is the only party permitted to record this call and reserves all copyright and other proprietary rights associated with the recording and its content. Anthony William, Inc. may use, copy, and distribute the recording in whole or in part, alone or with other recordings or information, and in transcript form for advertising or other purposes. Any use of the recording or its content without the prior written consent of Anthony William, Inc. is strictly prohibited. Thank you so much for your patience. Now let's begin the call. Introducing Anthony William. I'm Anthony William, the medical medium. So glad to be here live. We're here on this webinar. This is an incredible webinar because so many of us need to know about what's going on when it comes down to eczema, psoriasis, acne. These are important. You know, I I decided to throw acne in this webinar here. First of all, it's in the book Liver Rescue. I'm so excited that you guys are uh, getting the book Liver Rescue and and, um, can't say enough about how excited I am about that because it's the biggest book I've I've ever done in the sense that the, there's it's there's that much information in it. The liver deserved it; just deserved it. The, the, you know, when I was working with Spirit on this book, it just kept on coming through, 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 and and so I had to I had to take advantage of that and make sure that we have all that we need for the liver because the liver it's so there's so much not known about it. What I mean not known, I'm talking science and research doesn't know anything about the liver, barely anything about the liver. Sure, we can do liver transplants, and um, and that's incredible all on its own, but we don't want to let it get to that point where we need to get the nuts and bolts that research and science knows about, like how to take parts out of the body, how to exchange parts. It's like taking your car to the shop and needing a new starter or a new transmission, you know, you get, a good, you get a good mechanic, just like you get a good cutter, and a good surgeon who cuts really good, and knows what they're cutting, and it's like you get a good mechanic that knows how to take that transmission out, and knows what they're doing, um, <laughs> knows what to cut too, you know, in the sense of nuts and bolts and everything else, and so the bottom line is, is that with the liver though, we don't want it, we don't want it to get to that point, we want to know what's going on and what we need to do to keep our livers healthy and also the, the conditions that, that our livers create. And that's the thing with, with, with the medical world. They, they don't know. I say they, the medical industry, the, uh, the machine, um, all of it and the above. You can use your imagination. And they don't know, research and science, all of it, they don't know what causes eczema and psoriasis. I mean, here we are. In the place we're in, and it's not the dermatologist's fault. It's not the doctor's fault. It's not. The dermatologist is just doing the best they can to address any kind of skin condition in any capacity that's given to them. So there's, there's I mean, and honestly, you know, I, I got a tremendous amount of respect for um, all the different doctors out there, all the different practitioners and doctors and, and, and surgeons, tremendous amount of respect because... You know, I mean, hey, it, you go to work, you get up, you go to work, you got a, a, a waiting room filled with patients with skin conditions, <laughs> all right? I mean, you guys know because many of you have skin conditions. That's why you're here in this webinar right here. And you got, you know, you got a doctor that's looking at people's skin conditions all day. I mean, you got you to admit, you got to hand it to them. I mean, you know, we, you know, say we go to the doctor, we got a skin condition, and then we got to go home. We go home, or we go back to our job, or we go back home, or wherever we are. But they're still there, and they're still working on everybody's skin condition all day long, day in and day out, year after year. And there's got to be a reason. There's got to be a reason they do that. And the reason is because their heart's in it. Their heart's in it. They, they, they genuinely, inherently want people to get relief 
And there's something to be said about how amazing that is. And there's some really good guys and really good um, gals out there in the industry. So, so here's the deal. With Exponent psoriasis, it has everything to do with the liver. Um, surprise, surprise, surprise. Many of you that know uh, my radio shows or know the other, you know, the information articles and stuff like that, I've, I've, I've probably talked about that. But we're going into a deeper level here. That's what this webinar is for. We're going into a deeper level. This is like training. This is training. You know, so we're going into a whole deeper thing. And, and I still won't be able to cover what's in Liver Rescue that's so packed. So we're going to get what we can done. But this is a different level of training, so this is great. So, so here's the thing. With eczema and psoriasis, there's, there's over 100 different varieties, and that's not known. That's just not known because it, it, would, just, it, would, it would overwhelm the industry. They just can't handle that. Everybody's, almost every single person's eczema is different. But when I mean different, first of all, everybody's eczema is different. Everybody's psoriasis is different. 100% it's different. We're going to get to acne a little bit later as we go along. But everybody's eczema and psoriasis is different. Some are very close to looking like the same. So that's what I meant almost. There's some that you can actually you know, identify and be like, well, that's probably the same kind of eczema. But the reason why every single human being that has eczema or psoriasis, the reason why it's different is because inside their liver, there's something slightly different going on, always slightly different going on. So we're going to cover that in depth. Isn't this exciting? You got your herbal tea. You, got, you have the things you need. Um, and this is, this is great. So, so anyway, um, get your pens out. Get your paper out. Unless you're on computers or something like that. Let's jot down some notes. Let's, let's, let's go and let's do all this. So there's more skin conditions besides the eczema and psoriasis. But... Believe it or not, those diagnosed skin conditions are different varieties of eczema psoriasis. Eczema psoriasis is actually a name for a condi- you know, for a condition that was spotted many, many years ago. That's the name that was that was created for it. But it it at the same time, we have to land on a name somehow. So we have to find a name somehow. Like you could you could rename these conditions and you can call it something else. But we have to hold on to a name with this so that everybody can be like, okay, oh, I know what we're talking about there. And eczema and psoriasis is actually, that's actually a fine enough name to work with. But there should be a hundred names for the different eczema. So that's the whole point. There should be like eczema 1.1, 2.0, 3.9, for whatever, or eczema, eczema this, eczema that, or... Or, you know, there should be literally a hundred different names, though, of it because there's so many different varieties. Some people only get it on their hands, but there's a reason for that, and it's different. It's not the same eczema as, say, a teenager has on their arm, not the same eczema as an adult, uh, an elder having it on their legs and their knees, not the same eczema as someone who has um, uh, it on their feet, not the same maximum as somebody who has it on their neck, different patches, different styles. Some patches are a little higher. Some patches are a little bit lower. Some crack, some don't. Some come and go. Some come and stay, go away later. Some are always there. You can't even see it. How about that one? How about that? Some you can't even see. It's just there and you're scratching. Some are patterns. They act like constellations. It's like the star. It's like the universe. Some are spotty. Some are lumpy. I mean, it can go on and on and on. And many of them, there's just, you know, there are different diagnoses. Like, oh, that's just uh, dermatitis. That's, um, that's, uh, that's just dermatitis. Or that's just something. I mean, it's unbelievable. And there's a lot of different names that the industry uses for different diagnoses. But they're all in the same family because they all kind of come from the same place. 
Now, there are some different things, um, and we're going to talk about that a little bit too. There are some different, there are some different uh, um, um, uh, skin conditions for sure. But right now we're on eczema, psoriasis, and acne, and I do cover some different skin conditions in liver rescue because I wanted to make sure we had so much information, just tons of information. So where does eczema psoriasis come from? And why do young people get it? Why do little children get eczema psoriasis? How come it also goes away, then comes back in some people's lives as well? How does that happen either? These are all the good questions. I don't know, you know, I, I know that so many of you have questions. I'm trying to kind of throw a few out there for you. Well, first of all, all skin conditions in general all stem from the liver, all stem from the liver. So that, that nice juicy organ that sits inside of us, that nice juicy, delicious reddish organ that sits inside of us. And, um, and so that's where, that's where these stem from. How, how, how do they stem from that? Like, how does that work? The industries don't know that it's liver-related, so they don't know. And you'll find if you just dig on the internet good enough because I've, I've done this for so long and put the information out there for so many years, you'll find something out there because um, Spirit and I have worked really hard in trying to get the information out. So there might be something along the lines. But the, the, the originality of where it stems from is the liver is, is definitely from spirit. And we've spent 35 years trying to get that information out to people, but not to this level we're going to really cover right here. That's, that's the beauty of it. Spirit keeps on giving to us so we can actually learn and grow and we can move forward. So, so, okay, let's talk about the liver. There has to be something that resides inside the liver that can create the skin condition. I'm going to cover how and what and where. First of all, there has to be a toxin inside of our liver, a toxin, different varieties of toxins we could have inside our liver. In liver rescue, you're going to see the literally the biggest chapter. The biggest chapter is one of the biggest chapters is toxins inside the liver and what kind of toxins reside in there and the depth and the level of the toxin. So there's three sections of the liver, three areas of the liver I mean, depths of the liver, like, you know, you can, like the core, the dense core, deep inside the big lobe, the dense core. That's one place that the liver stores poisons, you know, dangerous poisons that get in there. And then there's the subsurface. And that's where it's kind of the outer levels of the core, the subsurface. It's still deep enough and there's that realm right there. And there's a whole bunch of toxins that are held in that realm. And then there's the surface, the surface of the liver. And it's not the very surface, like literally on the outside of the liver. Well, it is on the outside of the liver too. It's on that to, to that degree, but it's also underneath the skin of the liver. The liver has a skin too, actually has a skin as well. And that's really interesting. And it has a skin made out of tissue. It's like skin-like tissue, just like all, all the different, you know, like our skin is tissue, but it's, it's got a type of skin around it. And um, that's what the organ gland has. And so the deal is, the deal is with this is in these three areas of the liver, there's different toxins that reside in there. And it, we have to have them in there in order to have eczema or psoriasis. We have to. That's how it rolls. If you don't have a liver filled with a certain amount of toxins, you're not going to get eczema psoriasis. But you need something else in there too. You need something else too for eczema psoriasis. You need a pathogen. You have to have a pathogen. You have to have a bug inside the liver. So that's the other piece of it. You have to have both. But if you only have one you're not going to be getting eczema and psoriasis. If you only have one, you're not going to be getting that. And, or you can have toxins in your liver and a bug in your liver, but not the right toxins, not the right toxins. And then you may not be getting the eczema and psoriasis. There has to be this perfect combination of 
toxins, the right kind of toxins, of course, and a bug. And that's how it happens. So let's, let's go into this a little bit. Why doesn't at the doctor's office or the lab technicians or research and science know about all the bugs inside the liver? Because it's virtually impossible to know. It's virtually impossible to find it, to see it, to understand it. Plus, virology, all in its own, is underfunded. It's completely ignored. Virology is at its worst in, in history as far as the study of virology. And so we're, we're at a place where we studied viruses more back in the older days than we do now. Than we do now. And I, I believe it's because it's, it's, it's an area that, first of all, would need a tremendous amount of money, tremendous amount of funding, like, uh, like uh, unbelievable amounts. And I think that's not the direction that the industries want to go. They don't want to know the answers of the truth. They really just want to know the answers of other things that work in their favor for different reasons. And so that's just the way it goes, you know. That's, that's how life works. But if they were to invest in the viral, con- the viral components of our health, they'd get all the answers. So eczema psoriasis would have an answer because they would learn how viruses sit inside the liver, how they store inside the liver, how they're there dormant, how they're there a whole lifetime, how they get given to us, how we get them, how they, we pass them around from people to people, all the different varieties of reasons and, and everything. And how we can literally enter this world with a virus inside the liver already. And also the toxins and poisons that the virus likes to feed on. So that's the next part. We need the toxins and we need the virus. We need the pathogen. So we need the bug and we need the poisons. That's what we need to create eczema and psoriasis. We need those two components. We need the right kind of toxins. Because everybody's got toxins in their liver no matter what, and everybody has bugs in their liver, different kinds of bugs, but we need the right kind of toxins. So what happens is, as the liver has these toxins in there, such as heavy metals, and everybody has heavy metals in their liver, but you have to have one particular, you have to have one toxic heavy metal, one of them, it's copper, you have to have the copper, that has to be there. You have to have a lot of copper in the liver. Is that detectable by the industries? No, it's not. It's not detectable by the industries. So it's just something you walk into your dermatologist's office. You got eczema. And it's like, okay, you got the skin condition. Let's see. We're going to eyeball it here. All right. Maybe we'll take a little, some scrape some skin cells. Maybe we'll see, you know, what we see there. Either way, here's some um, cortisone cream. Here's a steroid cream. Um, you know, if it gets really bad, here's a drug that we can inject into you, or here's, you know, something else we can do that's a lot more, a little bit more aggressive to try to, to try basically immunosuppressive drugs. Let's try some immunosuppressive drugs, try to calm things down. But what does the industry believe X-Men psoriasis is? They believe it's autoimmune. It's an autoimmune disease. So you guys know if you've ever followed my information, many of you have, And I talk about that in the thyroid book on the autoimmune and how it works. And so what what the medical establishment believes and research and science believes is that your body's attacking the skin. Your immune system is going after your own skin and destroying it and inflaming it. That's not possible. That's the wrong information. That's a theory used so that no one in the industries can take can take the blame not the doctors but the industries can't take the blame because it's your it's it's on you it's your body hey we hey it's not our fault your body's attacking itself hey uh hey mrs jones it's not our fault your body's like going after the skin we're going to try to do whatever we can for you but that's not our fault that's your body's fault and that's why this theory was the one they landed on because it it, it was an out it was an out for the industries, a perfect out, actually, a perfect out. Really smart. It was a smart move on their part, really brilliant on a sinister level, really brilliant. So what happens is 
that's what that's what we're told. Oh, it's your body. Let's do some immunosuppressive drugs. We got to do something to you know, and that's 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 the plan. And then if you go you go holistically and stuff, you'll get people that are trying to get you to eat better, and and that's positive, and eating better food, and all of that's positive. It helps. And then you get you get a lot of different functional doctors and alternative doctors and even conventional doctors that want to dabble in different things and they they try to get you off of processed food when you have eczema psoriasis which can help and it does help but there's more to learn about it much more to learn about it the body doesn't attack itself that theory is completely wrong it's just completely wrong but what's happening is is there's a toxin being released out of the liver goes into the bloodstream, and it surfaces to the skin. It surfaces to the skin. And that poison and toxin is called a dermatoxin. Dermatoxin. Now, don't get that confused with the dermatoxin in the, the world of... Um, in the world of anything skin-wise, where if you have poison dropped on your outside of your skin, say that you had acid land on your arm or some kind of poison land on your arm something that's really toxic so you work in a chemical factory and a chemical lands on your arm that's a dermatoxin anything that's toxic to the outside of the skin that lands on your skin is called a dermatoxin but that's different than the thing that spirit and i talk about which isn't known at all and this is this information is not known and what it is it's it's an internal dermatoxin so just know that that part right there is brand new. When I mean brand new, it's, it's us. It's us that knows that. And, and, and so you learn. And, and because it's important, because you might hop on the internet and say, oh, the word dermatoxin exists. Actually, no, that it exists in the sense that you work somewhere in, in a chemical factory and you're, you forgot to put your gloves on or in industry and you forgot to put your gloves on and something burned your skin and you go to the hospital and that's dermatoxic. That's dermatoxic. That's an entirely different thing going on. So what happens inside the liver, you got these, you got all these different toxins and then you got some bugs in there and the bugs feed off the toxins and they release and excrete a dermatoxin. Something that's different, something that's poisonous to the skin it goes out of the liver, out of the hepatic, the hepatic highway out of the liver, hepatic vein that, that leads right. There's a hepatic vein, the main one that goes right out of the liver, pumping a lot of blood. The heart's pumping a lot of blood, sucking it, sucking it out of the liver. And that's how it works. The heart, when it pumps, it's, it's sucking blood out of the liver is what it's doing. That's how it works. Isn't that interesting? That's sucking blood out of the liver. And that blood coming out of the liver goes to the, goes to the heart and then pow, gets shot back around the body. So, um, and when it does, it's filled with dermatoxin. And everybody's different, like I said. Everybody's different. Some people have a little bit of dermatoxin. Some people have a lot. Some people have... Uh, a lot of viral matter, a lot of viruses, viral cells in their liver, okay? A high viral load. Some people have a higher copper and pesticide load, like DDT, inside their liver, from passed on from generations and generations, from our forefathers getting DDT all over them and us eating it every day. Our generations of DDT that we've been eating, consuming, in the grocery stores, from, from farms being sprayed with them and other types of pesticides. And so when these, and these are high in copper, all of these too, on top of it, when they, they get inside, they get passed generation to generation to generation. Plus we pick up more of it anyway, because it's still around. And we pick more of it anyway up every day. So when that's sitting inside the liver, if you have a lot of it, that's, that's a piece of it, of why somebody might have a different variety of psoriasis, different variety of eczema. And then if you have um, you know, more of a viral load feeding off of these toxins, you could have a pretty severe case of uh, psoriasis, pretty severe case of eczema. Then there's the eczema-psoriasis hybrid, because that's the whole point. There isn't, there's hundreds of these. 
you can have an eczema that kind of acts like a psoriasis. You can have an eczema that, you know, that cracks and bleeds. There's all these in-betweens. And they're not really truly identified because there's so many of them. Number one, it's, it's, impo- it's probably impossible for, for in, the, in a doctor's office to even identify all the different ones. If they, if they did have a way of doing it, and it's because so many people have different things. Like I said, it's everything's different. Someone might have a higher level of copper, a little bit of mercury. Some people might have a, 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 you know, a higher level of, of a viral load. And someone might have more of a sluggish liver, a toxic liver with other toxins in it. So the liver is more sluggish, stagnant, not functioning good, not working good. And that liver... Because it's not working good and establishing, and, and, and it's it's actually weakened, and its powers are diminished, and it's not functioning as good as it needs to be, and it's highly toxic. Then blood stays dirtier, so then the dermatoxin that's released from the virus eating it, and then the right kind of toxins like copper, when that gets released into the bloodstream, it gets trapped in the lymphatic system, trapped easy in the bloodstream, goes up to the skin easier. It doesn't leave the body. The person's more toxic. They have a stagnant, sluggish liver. And their blood, because of their stagnant, sluggish liver, which is the filter of the body, their blood is dirtier. Their blood is dirtier. So that's how it works, you guys. And when the blood is dirtier... It goes, it, 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 the skin gets affected even more. So those dermatoxins and all that end up having to just really get trapped underneath the skin, causing severe cases of eczema and psoriasis. And that's how it works. So what kind of viruses are we talking about? I'd like to talk about that a little bit. The Epstein-Barr is um, the most uh, prevalent, the most popular in our body. That's the one that we have mostly with eczema and psoriasis. Sometimes an HHV6, sometimes different shingles viruses, sometimes cytomegalovirus. Sometimes there's other viruses that could learn to feed off of some copper and some mercury and create a skin condition. But it's mainly and mostly the Epstein-Barr that does this. That's the one. There's certain varieties. There's over 60 varieties of Epstein-Barr. If you don't know too much about Epstein-Barr, get the thyroid healing book. I would definitely get it as soon as you can. If you can't afford it, um, I don't know what it is, if it's $16 or something like that, $15. If you can't afford it, please go to the library and ask them to stock it so you can get it and and read it for free Um, because it's that important. Whatever you do, that's that important. If you want to know about uh, about Epstein-Barr and understand it better. And so the variety of Epstein-Barr that loves to create eczema and psoriasis is one that, that develops an ability to feed off of a certain food. So different viruses have different appetites. Not every variety of Epstein-Barr is going to want to feed off of copper old DDT storage bins that are passed from our, our forefathers and pass in utero and just in just past generation, generation, generation. Um, going back when, when we were drinking DDT practically, we were using it as a nutritional supplement. It was told that it's an actual nutritional supplement. People were eating it. They were eating it. There was DDT powder that you would have in, on your shelf in almost every household and it was there in the on the shelf with your salt and your pepper and your your oats and your and your and, your, and sorry for laughing but I can't, I can't help it and you know and the oats and everything and the sugar and whatever else is in, in that and your flour and your flour right and your baking powder and and your coffee and your coffee and then. And then along with that, you'd have like your little canister of DDT to be like nutritional flakes, kind of like nutritional yeast, which don't eat nutritional yeast. By the way, it's not a good thing to eat. I know everybody's eating it, but it's it's actually bad, bad for you. <laughs> okay, so it'd be like all that would be in there, like wheat germ. You know, it'd be that cabinet where there's wheat germ, oats, baking powder, sugar, salt, um, <laughs> a few spices, flour. <laughs> what else? And it would be, and it'd be the little canister of DDT, 
And there'd also be the DDT for your garden too, but that would be in the big spray canister where you spray it. When those pump sprays, those old antique pump sprays, I don't know if you've ever seen those on, on old movies and stuff where, you know, somebody goes out to their, their, their English rose garden and they got, the, they got the pump with the handle on it and it's got a, a horrifying pesticide in there. It's DDT. And they're like, pew, pew, pew. you know, when they got their garden hat, they got their garden hat on, <clears throat> excuse me, and, they have, and, they, and they're out there doing that. So, so anyway... So um, <laughs> I'm getting carried away with this. But what would they would do is take the little canister of DDT and you would actually pop it on your oatmeal. You would actually sprinkle it on your oatmeal. I kid you not. I mean, I know I sound like I'm joking around because I'm laughing, but I can't help it because it's that sad and that crazy. I just, I can't help it. And, and so that's what they would do. And, and our forefathers, our great-great-grandparents and our great-grandparents they would be just, you know, dumping that right on their oats. They would be, you, you just sprinkle it on your eggs, your scrambled eggs. And you would, you would put it on your toast. Not everybody did that. Not everybody did that. But a lot of people did. A lot of people did. And if you didn't do that, all you had to do was just walk down the street and get sprayed by the truck that was spraying everything with it. I mean, there was a campaign to dump it on us by the truckloads, truckloads all in the 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, just dumped on us. They dumped it out of the sky. They dumped it in all the parks. They, they were, it was like they would fit, they, literally, and that's in all of us. I mean, we can get it out. We can get it out because that's the whole point. But you have to, there's a certain variety of Epstein-Barr that likes to feed off of, you know, that old compound that's in the DDT and also the copper derivative that was in it. And and copper, we get copper from copper pipes, we get copper from other sources, we get copper from all kinds of different things, and the virus likes to feed off of that copper and yum, 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 munch, munch, munch. And it and, and, and but not every variety of Epstein bar likes to eat certain I mean, they like to eat different things. They all like to eat eggs. There's every Epstein bar loves to eat eggs, and every virus loves to eat eggs. I don't care what it is, every bacteria loves to eat eggs. If you don't care about viruses and you're like, oh, this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. He's just, I'm, I don't even believe in viruses. There's people out there that tell me, they go, I don't even believe in viruses. That's what people will tell me, some people. I go, do you believe in bacteria? And they go, yo, no, I believe in bacteria. I just don't believe in viruses. And, and I'm like, okay, all right. Well, well you're, you're, you're off there because you should be believing in them because it's legit. These viruses are real, and then they make us sick, just like bacteria is real, and bacteria can make us sick. But some people, they just don't want to go to the viral nature of things. They just like, they like the bacteria idea instead. Um, but what happens is the Epstein-Barr loves to feed off of these different things, and, and Xmas rice varies because people have different varieties. There's a, there's a certain variety of Epstein-Barr, a few different varieties that like to feed off of different aspects of copper, different aspects of the pesticides that we're even using today, and it releases a dermatoxin. Sometimes the dermatoxin is not as potent. Sometimes it's not as charged. You see how it works? And, and then also, what condition is the person in with their liver? How dirty is their blood? Is their blood really dirty? Is their lymphatic system really dirty? Is there, are their kidneys working really good to flush out the urine, to flush out toxins, to gather toxins, to absorb it like a sponge? Are there, are there other th components going on? Because if the liver's really lazy, which our livers are never truly lazy, they work their butts off. You're going to read that in Liver Rescue, and you're going to be blown away to see how hard your liver works. It's actually almost scary how hard our liver works. It's, it's it, harder than any of us have ever worked in our lives. Any of us. I don't care who it is. You can point to the hardest working person you know. Like even if you don't know them, but you think they're the hardest working person you've ever known in your life. And it could be you, you're thinking, of course. And it could be a friend. It could be somebody else. It could be somebody on television. It could be somebody wherever they are. Think about the hardest person, meaning the, the hardest working person you could ever think of ever in existence on planet Earth. And your liver has them beat by probably a million times over. That's unbelievable. But our livers can get sick and still work harder than you can possibly imagine. But they get sick. 
and they get bogged down and they get they get toxic and they get lazy, but not lazy like when you're just too lazy to do something. No, not something like that. But they get stagnant and sluggish. And then the blood gets dirtier. The filter gets clogged up. The liver filter gets clogged up. And so when you and and and, and you can have kind of a mild variety of Epstein Barr that doesn't, you know, that doesn't really release such a charged dermatoxin. And you could be really toxic too with the liver being really sluggish and slow and toxic. So that dermatoxin takes more of an effect. You could have somebody that has a cleaner liver, not a lot going on, but the copper and the virus. And they could have a a mild virus and, and they don't even feel really eczema. Maybe some itchy skin once in a while. Maybe, maybe it feels like some kind of mild dermatitis or something. And then you can have a really sick liver and a pretty mean virus. And then they're just, it's just charged, amped up, charged dermatoxins coming out, flooding to the skin, going to the surface, and causing a tremendous amount of inflammation. Because when the dermatoxin reaches the derma underneath and starts to saturate in, the body wants to push that out immediately through the skin because it's trying to help you. That's what it does. It pushes it through the skin because it's also trying to get it out through your kidneys. It's trying to get it out there through elimination, whatever elimination, you know, number one, number two. <laughs> it tries to come out through her feces. It tries to come out, you know, it's it's trying to come out through her stool. And, and that's what it's doing too. But at the same time, it comes up, it's trying to come out of the skin because that's what our skin does. It, it it does this because it naturally does this. How do, that's how we release a lot of poison. We sweat. We have BO coming out of our armpits. We have, you know, stuff coming out of our skin because our skin's pushing all these poisons and toxins out. So say someone doesn't have a variety of Epstein-Barr that likes to feed off of copper and all that junk. And say somebody is just toxic in general. They're eating lots of toxic food. Their liver's really sluggish and, and, and lazy and sluggish and stagnant and not doing really good. But yet they don't have all that copper. They don't have all that copper and they don't have a variety of virus that likes to feed off of it. They're going to still, they're going to stink. They're still going to have all that BO. They're going to have stuff coming out of their pores. Poisons are going to be pushed up through the skin. Stuff's going to want to come out through the skin. And, but if the dermatoxin isn't there, they're not going to get, you know, they're not going to get eczema psoriasis. So that's how it works. Um, Okay, so let's 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 kind of talk about this a little bit, some other things too. So releasing dermatoxins formed by viruses feeding off of heavy metals and other toxins in your liver to the surface of the skin to your body, that's your body's way of protecting you too. It's trying to actually push these toxins up through the skin to protect you even though it's inflaming your skin, meaning like the dermatoxins inflaming your skin. Because if they sit in the bloodstream way too long, they can damage organs. Dermatoxins can damage organs. They can damage organs. That's the beauty of it. That's the masterful way your body protects itself. So here's how the industry works. The industry has no idea what causes eczema psoriasis, so your body's destroying itself, they think. They think your body's destroying itself. They think it's autoimmune. That means your body created antibodies to go after your own skin and go and destroy your own skin. Your body's own immune system is destroying its own skin. I mean, that is so off. I can't even tell you. It's so off. It's just, it's painstaking. And like I always say on the radio shows, and I can't live forever. I can't be here forever. Life is just weird the way it works. I can't be here forever to try to fix all this. So that's why I try to put the books out. But it's a special time right now because, I mean, I can't be here forever to try to fix all the different mistakes, the thousands of mistakes that are in the medical industry with chronic illness. It's unbelievable. Uh, that's why I'm here talking to you guys because you guys have to learn. You have to learn. You have to know the truth. It's so important. So instead of the body attacking itself, it's the masterful way the body's protecting your organs and your skin's taking the hit because the dermatoxin gets pushed up to the skin, just like any poison gets pushed up to the skin to protect your organs. And, and that's, that's the beautiful thing about it. So, so seborrheic dermatitis comes from a toxic liver 
But in this situation, there's no viral relation. It's not a pathogen causing the issue. It's the liver, um, the liver high in a little bit of everything that's also on the verge of becoming pre-fatty. So that's what happens with seborrheic dermatitis. It's, 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 it's about the, um, it's about the liver being pre-fatty, very sluggish, and resulting in that dirty, dirty blood. So that's what that is for people who have that condition. So I want to cover a few more conditions. Um, that's what happens. Classic dermatitis. That's another one. Classic dermatitis is a garden variety of, psori- of psoriasis. So if you get you get a diagnosis of classic dermatitis, or I mean dermatitis, that's just a garden variety of psoriasis caused by a virus inside the liver feeding off of copper. So any of you that are here that are like, well, I don't really have eczema psoriasis, or I don't know what I have. I got dermatitis or something like, well, that's still a virus feeding off of the copper, but it's also feeding off a little bit of aluminum, traces of DDT, other pesticides. And and that's a common variety of Epstein-Barr that creates dermatitis, that classic dermatitis. Atinic keratosis is another different one. This is where patches of skin become tough, rough like sandpaper, right? You guys, you know that one too, or slightly bumpy and, and it can come and go. This is one, this is another form of eczema. So, uh, you know, so atinic keratosis, that is actually, that's another form of eczema. So that's a specific Epstein-Barr strain, one of the 60 varieties of Epstein-Barr I was talking about, and that's feeding on high levels of mercury with just a little bit of copper, not a lot of copper. You see how everything varies? And that, that, and, I, I, and I'm not going over the hundreds of different kinds and varieties and different variations. I'm giving you just some because it's important to have, it's important to have just at least some options to understand how it works. So we covered, a, we covered the dermatoxic effect and how it works there. We covered all that. And um, so now we have to go into, why well, we still have time, we have to go into some other things too. Well, let, let, with, with, with eczema psoriasis, the first thing you want to do is you don't want to feed the virus other things. So that's why, that's why when you go off of dairy products, milk, eggs, well, milk, butter, cheese, kefir, yogurt, cream, um, whatever, skin milk, whatever, whatever's going on. When you go off of dairy products, it helps because dairy products feed the virus. So that's one way of beating eczema and psoriasis. And when you go off of eggs, it's another way of beating eczema and psoriasis because that feeds the virus too. This is a couple of examples. What, what I outline in Liver Rescue is the lowering fats in your diet. And you're going to hear that, how that works. And also in the next webinar we do and so forth because it's lowering the fats in the diet because when you lower the fat level in your diet, the foods you're consuming, then your liver gets a break. And when it gets a break, its own immune system can literally rebuild. And, and that's a big piece of it too because when its own immune system is rebuilding, it can actually go after Epstein-Barr. Also, if you're not burdening your liver with so much fat, Meaning, and you're thinking, well, I'm not on a high-fat diet. Well, yeah, you are if you're eating high-protein because that's the same thing. There's no difference. So you have to always know that. It's important. And if you're doing a high-protein vegan diet, you're probably doing also a lot of nuts and seeds and everything else. You're doing a high-protein animal diet. So it's all lots of fat. You can't eat a jar of peanut butter because a whole jar of peanut butter is what I'm saying, whether you're plant-based whether you're, you're not plant-based, whether you're doing animal products, you got to lower the fats in your diet and get a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables and lower the, those levels of, say, animal proteins or the levels of even plant proteins in the sense of like all the nuts and seeds because a lot of people are like, oh, I need lots and lots and lots and lots of this, and they're just loading up on that. Four tablespoons of almond butter in their smoothie, four, you know, two tablespoons, four tablespoons of coconut oil, all that, you know, right in their smoothie, a whole bunch of flax seeds, a whole, you know, scoop of flax seeds in there in your smoothie, and then very little fruit, like a half a Granny Smith apple. That's a bad combination, even for plant ba- in the plant-based world. Or all that just protein powder, and then with all that almond butter and everything else, because that's what's happening out there. And 
that just burdens the liver. And same thing in the animal protein world. If you're eating, you know, pork for breakfast, you're eating whatever it is, eggs for lunch or in your salad. If you're eating chicken, and you just got to lower it down a bit. And same thing with the animal, the uh, plant-based stuff, you got to lower down the, the fats on that level too. It's not about what I like or don't like or what side I'm waving a flag on. I don't wave any flags. It's critical to just to know the information no matter what, whatever you believe in out there, but you have to have the right information so you can work it to what you're doing to get yourself better. With eczema and psoriasis, you have to lower your fats. You have to do that. And then, um, and then stop the foods, though, the, one, the couple of foods that feed the virus because you keep the virus fat and happy, and then that virus being fat and happy, that's where we go wrong with a lot of trouble. And then it has the ability to eat more copper, more DDT supply that's been in there, more different poisons in there. And then it could eat more, gobble it up and, and drink it up and then release more dermatoxin. The liver stays sluggish because you're on this really high-fat diet. They're eating lots of eggs. You know, it, 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 it drives me crazy to this day. If you even look at social media, you guys know I'm on social media all the time because I sit there answering questions and saying hi to people. Um, all day, all day long in between writing the books and everything else. And you know, you know, if you see it out there, you'll see people, you know, you've seen young people, whatever, right? You'll see young people and older people and they'll be like into something. They're, they're like into natural health. They're doing all kinds of things. They're doing yoga. They're doing this, they're doing that. And they're, and they, they're saying how eggs are the greatest food ever, or eggs are so good for you or whatever. And it's, it's sad that they don't know yet and haven't learned and so hopefully they do because someone with eczema and psoriasis starts eating eggs or they're eating eggs, they're never getting better. They're never getting better. So a simple thing like that, a misconception like that, can stop someone from getting better. Can you believe it? The power that has. It's incredible with the power that has. It's unbelievable when you think about what that is and how that works. Incredible. Just something like that. Someone, so someone with eczema watching somebody on social media that's, that's you know, looking like they, they look like they're healthy, they're happy, everything's going, and they're talking about all the eggs they're eating and how they're good for you, and it's the most perfect food. And you're somebody with eczema, and you're like, whoa, I got to be doing what they're doing because, look, everything looks cool. But what they don't have, they don't have the certain variety of virus, and they don't have the certain high levels of DDT or copper in their liver. And if they, they may get one of those viruses, they could get one for sure it you know it's not hard to do just just go to a few parties and sip off of a few different glasses and and you can get one of those and then 10 years later develop some eczema and you're like how did that happen but the point is and then they see they see these people on social media and they're like oh my god i have to eat eggs meanwhile we you, you now now you're basically going to keep your eczema around forever. That's the power of how social media can also go. It's crazy how it works out there, the information, the misinformation. So what I'm saying is you really got to stay away from the eggs, the dairy products, no matter what you hear, what you do. You got to lower your fats. I don't care how many books come out or how much information's out there and how fat is good, fat is good, fat is good. You got to be careful because if you got skin conditions, fat is tragic. It's tragic. If you got the psoriasis, you got the eczema, fats are tragic. You gotta lower them. You don't have to get rid of them all together. You take it one day at a time. One day at a time. And you can switch some of your bad fats out for good fats. Have an avocado instead of, you know, instead of an egg. And you can fig you can you can work with this and you can get better. So that's one piece of it. And what you're going to find in Liver Rescue is you're going to find a lot more answers to what you can do for the eczema and psoriasis. And, you know, you can do it because you're going after Epstein-Barr. You're going after the Epstein-Barr virus. If you go to thyroid healing, if you, if you pick up thyroid healing, you can learn how to get rid of the Epstein-Barr virus. And I even have eczema psoriasis, a little something in eczema, with eczema psoriasis in thyroid healing book that you could get right now in your hands and start knocking back the Epstein-Barr until, you know, liver rescue gets, until you have liver rescue in your hands. Liver rescue is going to take some reading time. It's, it's, not, it's not for the faint of heart, this book. It's not for, it's, it's literally, it's, it's a heavy duty, heavy duty, hardcore book. So get ready for it. Um, get, your, get your reading chops up. I mean, every time I even, you know, think about the book, I'm like, oh my God, what's in there? It's incredible. So, so the deal is, the deal is, is let's talk about acne too, why we have a chance. So acne, 
This is interesting. Antibiotics are used for acne. That's, that's what's used for acne as antibiotics. It's, it's what they've been doing for a long time. The industry has been offering for a long time. But they used, they used antibiotics, but they didn't know why they were. That was just because they used antibiotics for everything wrong that's mysterious. They used antibiotics for everything wrong that's mysterious in the medical industry for years and decades. For decades, we're talking going back to the 1940s, 1950s, 1960s, 1930s, 19-whatever, 70s, 1980s. They've, we've used antibiotics for anything that is kind of there's no explanation for. Acne's been one of those. So acne's been one of those. But the irony is, is acne is bacterial, it's bacterial. It's from caused by the bacteria strep, streptococcal, streptococcus. It's caused by the strep bacterium. And so what happens with, with acne is they found originally a long time ago with acne patients that if you give them antibiotics, they would respond. That's what happened in the old days, really going back. They would respond if you gave them an antibiotic for acne. And the reason, and they didn't know why the person would respond. They didn't know because they didn't know what it was caused. They still don't know what it's caused from. So like right now, the industry believes, oh, it's hormonal. It's got to be hormonal. It's because it hits in puberty for a lot of people. Um, and so it must be hormonal and that's not accurate at all. It's indisputable that acne can come up during the hormonal cycles of people's lives like, for instance, menstruation for women, they can get more acne, um, puberty, get, get the acne. So it's indisputable to, like, something hormonal going on. But that's not the cause of acne at all on any level, on any level. So we'll cover that a little bit, too. So originally they've been throwing, you know, they started out when they, they saw treatment. They saw, like, the response of people getting better temporarily with the use of antibiotics. What was happening was the strep was getting killed off by the antibiotics in the early days. So back in the 50s, the 60s, a teenager goes to a doctor. The doctor would be like, here's penicillin, penicillin, penicillin. Here's tons more penicillin. Here's more penicillin. And then the teenager's acne would go down. Doctor would be like, okay, there's something here. There's something here. Let's do more penicillin because it was offered for every little thing. Didn't matter what it was that walked through the door. He had an ache, penicillin. He had a pain, penicillin. And so, but what was happening was the doctors didn't know because they're not being taught by the industry above them, the doctors didn't know that they were breeding or killing off and reestablishing stronger colonies of strep. And that's what they were doing. And so because of that, and they were growing different groups of strep and mutating different varieties of strep without realizing it. So stronger antibiotics were then coming out and give, give um, teenagers stronger antibiotics, stronger antibiotics. And even before, even before acne, ear infections in little babies, they get acne later, you know, ear infections, lots more antibiotics, penicillin, penicillin, because of strep, tonsillitis, sore throats, remove their tonsils. They didn't realize it's strep and mono that's causing their tonsillitis. They still don't know it today. I can't even believe they don't know it today. I can't even believe that one. That one makes me actually want to bang my head against the wall or my desk is that one right there. The fact that here we are, where, what, what year is it right now? What year are we in? Are we in? Oh, it's 1840. I didn't know we were still in 1840. That's what year it is, right, you guys? It's 1818, right? Isn't it 1818? <laughs> right? Because honestly, the fact that they still don't know what causes tonsillitis, swollen tonsils, is unbelievable. Unbelievable. So what happens is, so the strep is in the bodies of, of all of us. It's in us. It gets passed down. We pick it up also easily. We also get given it in different ways with the, with the medical world and medical stuff that's offered to us. It's easy to get strep. 
And then these streps, they can build up their strength when we're getting hammered with antibiotics from ear infections, sore throats, tonsillitis when we're children, acne when we get a little bit older, and then it just goes on and on and on and on and on. What chicken or the egg? What came first, chicken or the egg? Was it the antibiotic? Was it the strep? Was it the antibiotic? Was it the strep? What was the problem? What was the original problem? The antibiotics were the original problem. That's the original problem to why we suffer with the acne we suffer with today, without a doubt. I don't know if that made sense in analogy, but okay. So, so um, let's talk about a little bit about the acne and everything a little bit better with this. And hormones, why does the acne happen during the hormonal time? say puberty, because when we're going through puberty, our immune system drops, it lowers. It goes from being 80% strong down to 30% strong. That's what happens when we go through puberty. Our immune systems, they, they just, they literally drop down to virtually barely non-working, like barely functioning at that time during puberty. That's what happens. And when all those hormones are actually developing rushing, if there's a pathogen involved, it can take advantage during that time where the immune system is lowered. So in the case of acne with strep, which actually resides in the liver, the reason why I even have acne in, um, in the book, Liver Rescue, is because A, we're, we hammer everybody, the industry hammers everybody with antibiotics, which is, which is killing our liver. That's number one. So I had to put it in here. It was critical. Number two, we're just we're just feeding more and more strep issues. And number three, strep can hide in the liver. That's where it hides dormant, the liver, and then it leaves the liver and goes into the lymphatic system. So when it sits inside the liver of a child and a child goes into puberty and then the immune system drops lowers substantially, the strep then releases out of the liver, heads to the, through the lymphatic system, heads up into the derma. It heads up to the derma. That's where it goes. And it sits in there. Or so we have strep at the lymphatic system and in the derma. We, we, oh, that's where it sits. And then that's the start of how acne, how acne works. The body, the body creates all the sebum oil, tons of sebum oil to try to protect, to try to protect itself. So sebum oil is to trap the bacteria, to try to shut it down, to try to stop it from surfacing, to try to stop it from getting too high up through the derma. So the sebum oil just saturates the derma all through it. And, and so then the industry is like, whoa, too much oil. I think it's just too much oil. And yes, there's things you can do topically on your skin that can help a lot of people with acne because it's cleaning up a lot of stuff. But that oil, it's saturated all through the derma, and that's a big piece of it too, of what happens, because that's there to try to stop the strep from coming up. What happens is, though, when we get the antibiotics in us from air infections and from colds and flus, and then kids get bronchitis, what happens is that teenagers, they get the bad cough, the flu's going around, their immune systems are really low, they're going through puberty, they're going through a lot of stress because they're teenage, because it's that teenage time, lots of stress, they're learning about adrenaline without realizing it. That's what happens. So they start running on adrenaline. The kids... When they're children, you, they're not really running on adrenaline. When they, right when you get into that teenage, just teenage years, there's so much, there's so much going on out there, and there's so much happening, and the amount of the adrenaline starts to surge. And then with that adrenaline on top of it, the immune system lowering, and then puberty happening, and then antibiotics for uh, for common colds, for not common colds, for bronchitis that occurs, you you know because there's no zinc going on in the body. Foods aren't really that good. You know, not eating that good when you're at that age. And then what happens is immune system lowers, you're not eating good. And then you get the flu because it's going all through school. Then you get a bad cough. You go to the doctor. He gives you another antibiotic. He gives you a 10-day supply, five-day supply, 12-day supply. It's that right there is feeding the strep, feeding the strep. 
and then you can have some acne develop. And the strep can change and mutate and the whole bit. And that's how it works. And then as you grow up, you have this variety of strep. So you grow up and you have this variety of strep and you end up then meeting somebody. And then you're in your adulthood, you meet somebody and then you pass that strep along to them. They get UTIs, they get bladder infections when they never did or whatever, <laughs> or vice versa. You pick one up from somebody, whatever it is. And then we pass these, these antibiotic resistant streps. And then we're getting acne. We get it on and off in our life. Menstruation the, uh, cycles during women's cycles, the strep comes because the immune system drops completely. 80% of the, the immune system just goes right down. Only, I mean, that's li literally what happens because 80% of the immune system drops out to, to, to actually support the reproductive system. So the, the uterus and the ovaries and the cycle itself needs the immune system to back it up. So the whole, all the body's reserves go to the cycle itself, to menstruation. That's the whole, that's the whole point. That's what it does. So you can shed the uterus, so the whole thing, so your, all your reserves go there. And then wherever the strep was inside the liver or, or in the lymphatic system or whatever it is, sitting inside the lymphatic system waiting to come up through the skin, that's, take, that's when strep takes advantage because the immune system, everything is all on, on low battery. It's all going to the reproductive system during a cycle. So that's when breakouts can come a week before the cycle. That's when breakouts can come during a cycle. That's when breakouts can come a week after the cycle. And when, uh, when the ov ovulation occurs, ovulating, that's the same thing. The, the, there's about 50% of the immune system has to go to ovulating. So the immune system drops all through the body and then strep can kind of, you can have a breakout during ovulation. So there's different times and different things that happen. But it's all about killing strep. And what you'll find in liver rescue is the way to kill off strep. And you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna learn how to do it, what to do. And it's, it's so important. And um, in general, just for anything that's strep-related, and I cover all kinds of different, um, different things that strep causes, too, inside the book. So you'll be able to, you'll be able to work with that. I want to talk about – I'm going to just bounce, bounce off of this for a second. I want to talk about psoriatic, psoriatic arthritis. That's when you get the dermatoxin and the neurotoxin. So that's the Epstein varieties. There's usually, you know, people can have two or three different Epstein bars in their liver. They could have one, they could have two, three. Some people can have five or six different varieties of Epstein bar inside their liver sitting there. Some not doing anything, some doing a little something. So you can have different kinds of viral loads. Psoriatic arthritis is, is a virus that releases both the dermatoxin and a neurotoxin. So it's getting the copper, it's getting the different things, you know, the DDT, it's getting things that can create also the rash and the ache, but the achy joints like rheumatoid arthritis, which is Epstein-Barr. It's a combination. Psoriatic arthritis, you can also have more than one variety of Epstein-Barr, um, which is no big deal. It's just so many people have that anyway, but, and, and that can, one can be releasing a little bit of a dermatoxin while the other one's releasing a neurotoxin. So your joints are hurting from the neurotoxin, your skin's inflamed from the dermatoxin. Just want to cover that why I'm here. So back to, back to acne. So what, what you'll find is, you know, you can do what you want to do is you want to be going after, you want to be going after the strep and that's what you're doing with liver rescue. You're rescuing the liver so you can clean up the liver. So strep can't live there. You clean up the lymphatic system. So strep can't live there. We're going to take away the foods that feed strep, like the, like the eggs and the cheese and the milk and the butter and we're going to get rid of those foods. We're going to lower the fat so the liver and the immune system in the liver can get stronger. And you're going to be getting in more fresh fruits and vegetables. There's recipes in the book and everything. And all that's important for um, getting rid of strep. And that, that's, the kind of, that's the goal. That's the total goal. With, um, I would get, for, for X-Men Psoriasis, I would get the thyroid healing book now in your hand. I would, I would order it or go to the library and work on knocking down the Epstein-Barr a little bit because that's, that's what's going to help with eczema and psoriasis. And then when you get the liver book, you can also get into a whole other aspect of it. But the, but the acne, you know, what you want to do is um, you want to work on breaking down the strep. So that's going to be, that's going to be olive leaf, making sure you get a little bit of olive leaf, the lemon balm. Um, you're going to be getting that in your system. So it's going to be exciting. The vitamin C, that's a big deal. The zinc, that's a big deal. So you're going to be getting some of the strep killers, oregano oil, 
Um, that's a great one too. Getting some oregano oil capsules. You're going to be so. There's a lot you can do to knock down the acne and the strep. And so just you're, you're going to do it, and you're going to have all the tools you need. So I'm excited about this. This is this is incredible. So overall, with skin conditions, just know that you can reverse them. You can get better, and you can heal. And the 28-day cleanse in book one, Medical Medium, I mean, that alone can get Exmans psoriasis to totally knock back and knock back and knock back and, and get it better. And there's a lot of other things you could do. The, the cleanse that we're going to be doing in liver in the liver rescue book is going to be incredibly helpful for two for eczema psoriasis. And also I lay out in the liver book what you can do for eczema psoriasis, what you can do supplement wise. So it's really exciting. And I cover the whole thing. This is an incredible webinar. I really appreciate you guys being with me here. I'm so excited. I stand behind you. I'm with you 100%. Okay. I know your struggles. I know what you've been through. And um, you got me. You got me. I'm yours. 100%. I'm yours. We're going to do this together and we're going to keep on going. I love you dearly. Many blessings. And please, please, please keep a light heart. Have compassion for yourself. Your body wants to heal, it can heal. And uh, make sure you're doing your celery juice. It's incredible. That's one of the secret weapons to eczema, psoriasis, and acne. Lots of celery juice. And uh, know that I love you. God bless you. And take care.